Hello and welcome to Scary Pair, a podcast uh, where me, I'm Nine, and Opal. Hello, I'm Opal. Talk about a horror movie we just watched. This time we watched Insidious uh, from 2010, directed by James Wan and Lee Wanell. And yeah, I guess before we get into the podcast, we're just going to introduce ourselves a little bit. Um, So we're uh seven years dating yeah engaged getting married soon um i am not like a horror movie person exactly but i wouldn't say i like am anti-horror movie either no definitely Um, not but kind of like one activity that we've really picked up on since we've been together is like watching horror movies together because i would say you're like the horror movie person oh yeah definitely do you want to, like, talk about your horror movie interests a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I've just been watching them for a long time now. Uh, you know, I have my favorites, definitely. Uh, I fell in love with things like Alien and The Thing pretty early, so I, I like to seek out new things all the time, also. Yeah. We have, or you have, a, like, horror movie watch list, which is, like, 400 <laughs> entries now? It's over 400. I, I want to do more. I, I did this thing for a while where I did 100 a year for like three years. And uh, my my streak was broken by 2020, unfortunately. Just Yeah, harder to get into a theater. and Yeah, I mean, things weren't coming out also. And like, you kind of run out of good ones after a while. <laughs> we watch older stuff too, though. Yeah. But, I mean, um... the first movie we saw together was cabinet of dr caligari that's so. true which is a nice which is very old movie. funny that's a that's a fun movie but it's a really funny date movie if you think about I it i know i'm like hey do you want to watch this with me i've never <laughs> seen it before and it's like it's just a it's a peek into my taste oh and... german expressionism oh <laughs> and what dating me will be like <laughs> <laughs> uh very angular yeah <laughs> and i've um... proceeded to show you more weird things and mm-hmm. i hope you enjoy that yeah today, today we watched a movie that was very normal it's pretty normal it's pretty considered. normal so we watched like we said we watched insidious starring patrick wilson patrick wilson and rose Byrne. um i guess let's get into like a short summary of this movie for yeah. people who aren't familiar or for people who might not have seen it for a yeah. little while uh okay a normal American family is moving into a new house. They're aggressively normal. Aggressively normal. I think it's really important that this is a white family, by the way. I mean... I, I could have swore he was the dad from Sinister, too, but he's not. Because it's like the exact same setup, right? I think so. Yeah, he, he is the dad from The Conjuring. Which, no, he's not the dad. He's uh, not Ed the dad. Warren. You're right. Yeah. Uh, same character, kind of. It's kind of the same guy. <laughs> uh... So they're moving into a, a new house, uh, like a really huge fucking house. Um, it makes me mad. <laughs> it makes me mad how big the house is. As, as two people who are very cooped up in our like 1,100 square foot apartment, not even, uh, we would love a house. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice and all, but I don't want this house. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little ugly. Rooms that you never go into, just like, that's a nightmare. People are going to break into your house and live in there, and you're never going to know about them. Yeah, but this is, so this is a couple and they're three kids. I feel like that's a little big for them, but 
reasonable. I mean, it's like it's like it three thousand like square foot. It doesn't seem like they're handling it very well. <laughs> no, no. Uh, the the mom is like very put upon with doing childcare for all of the children because the dad um, doesn't do anything. He just works. <laughs> I, I swear he doesn't do anything though. He doesn't do anything. Um, so one day, um, there one of their children. Uh, goes up into the attic investigating a strange uh, noise. Too many kids are already losing track of him, so... Yeah, uh, and he uh, falls off a ladder and hits his head. And it's implied that the house is haunted at this point, and this is like a... Yeah, there's, there's like some a paranormal spooky, thing. spooky goings on. Yeah. Um, uh, the kid slips into a coma alleged coma for three months the doctor says yeah he's not waking up he's it's kind of like he's asleep but he's not waking up but it's not a coma though Uh uh-huh uh so he's in a coma for three months uh and this is wearing heavily especially on the mom uh patrick wilson as the dad kind of seems unfazed by this throughout the movie um he's uh, handling it pretty well i would say uh i don't know he, it seems like he's kind of ignoring that his kid is in a coma and is just very chipper. I don't know if chipper is the word, but uh, it's a state unchanged. He didn't yeah. do anything before and he doesn't he's, do anything He after. still doesn't do anything now. Um, the wife who is staying at home, she's a musician, uh, notices a bunch of strange happenings in the house and comes to the conclusion that they're haunted. Naturally. Like you do. Um, and to be fair, there are strange haunted house occurrences, um, and decides that, hey, we need to move out of this new house because we're haunted. Um, That's after she sees Morbius walk by the window, by the way. Yeah, so the ghost uh, shows up in, like, different forms throughout the movie. And no, one, it's, a, it's a bunch of different ghosts. It's a bunch of different ghosts yeah. that show up, and one is just Morbius. One is Johnny Depp playing Morbius, which is very funny. <laughs> um, so uh, they move out into um, the dad's mom's place, but she doesn't live there. It's like the childhood home. It's confusing. I think it's the childhood home. I think it's the childhood home. But the mysterious occurrences keep happening, and um, eventually... Uh, the mom has a vision of something involving the kid and she says, I need to, uh, I need to call these paranormal investigators that I know. One of which is her old friend, Lorraine? Or is she Lorraine? I don't remember. (laughs) You don't know the names of anyone. They Uh, never say this woman's name, to be completely fair. They they might like one or two times. But anyway, uh, she's this old spooky woman who shows up and she says, Gotta say... Not spooky enough. This is a Macy's woman she, that walks Okay, in. this is your, this is your like, grandma who only shops at Macy's, but if she were trying to pretend a little bit that she was a little spooky, but kind of failing. I don't see it. See, like, I, I can't not compare it to Poltergeist. Like, that's a spooky woman. Right. We'll get into the Poltergeist comparisons in a minute. Yeah. So, yeah, the spooky woman who's not spooky says, it's not the house that's haunted, it's your son. Dun-dun-dun. 
Yeah. And so they have like a seance to like talk to the sun, but the sun is like, oh, th- this is where they get into explaining how all of this works. I know there's a lot of exposition on um, what this is. By the way, we've covered this movie is uh, an hour and 40 minutes. We've covered about an hour and 10 minutes of the movie already. Yeah, we're kind of yada yadaing a lot of it. Uh, but... so, we're, so we're in the last 30 minutes and they explained that the boy is a very talented astral projector. It's very funny. <laughs> and he's leaving his body to astral project very far and he's getting lost this boy is spiritual like you wouldn't believe uh by the way not at all hinted at at any point up to this point in the movie not explained no visual showing the kid like drifting off none of this so he's very talented but demons are attracted to his body because his body is an empty vessel because he's alive because he's alive but not in his body because he's astral projecting. And See, I, I got the impression that there's the one demon and the rest of them are like regular ghosts. I got the impression that all of the ghosts were all interested in this boy's body. I think they all But the are, demon is winning. But <laughs> but yeah, the demon is winning. Uh, but the this Darth Maul demon is winning. Um, he's like a Darth Maul guy that loves Tiny Tim. Yeah, uh... Funny, like, like vaudeville music plays anytime he's on screen. It's it's a choice. Yeah. He's also designed like someone told someone that this guy's a demon, right? <laughs> so we're gonna make him like a cartoon Satan. Yeah, he's very like cartoon Satan. He's um he's um. Someone Satan. took the assignment very literally. Someone watched Futurama and took the Satan from Futurama <laughs> and was like, "I'm gonna give this physical performance yeah. that this guy has," yeah, and that's right. what the Satan is. Um, we learn that yeah, um, that these ghosts and demons are trying to take this boy's body, and like they do, like like they do, you know, like ghosts and demons are want are want. Um, and it turns out. The son got his great powers of astral projection from his dad. His useless father. His dad who, I need to stress, up until this point has done fucking nothing in the entire movie. He's as, avoided coming home. Yeah, he's, he's been staying late working as a teacher, which they have like a 3,000 square foot house. I know! On a single teacher's income and three kids in 2010. This is the most uh, unrealistic thing in the movie, including the ghosts and demons. When I found out he was a teacher living in that house, I just turned to you and I'm like, am I getting this twisted? <laughs> like, he's am a I teacher? Having, he's a teacher? He's a teacher? Uh... He has also great astral projection powers, like, from when he was a child. And scary, spooky grandma also visited him and did a seance when he was a child. And he needs to astral project into the dark dimension and save... Uh, excuse me, the further. The, uh, the further is what it's officially called. Apparently that was going to be the working title for the movie, was The Further. The further. Yeah. It's not a good name. It's not. I'm glad they went with Insidious. She also says the She word also name drops Insidious in this explanation. And malevolent. That's she's, right. She says the word malevolent and I'm like, hey. You mean that's well, a new one. Malignant is the Mal- new one. Is the new James Wan one. I got it wrong. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. So dad astral projects into the further 
to save Dalton. And here's where the movie really goes off the fucking rails. Because the further, <laughs> it turns out, is just populated by a bunch of spooky freaks. <laughs> all uh, all turn of the century, very American, like... This is a very, like, Americana movie. A little bit. There, It's great to know that all these ghosts died in, like, the turn of the century, though. Yeah, they, they all died. Yeah, there are like, no new ghosts here. Yeah, absolutely. Um... So he he finds Dalton, his son, he frees him, he comes back to his body, he has a confrontation with the old lady ghost that has been haunting him since he was a child. It's why he hates having his picture taken. They, this made me so mad. This made me unbelievably mad, because all you have to do... At any point throughout the movie is have somebody try to take this man's picture. And oh burn... no, don't want to hate that. Oh no, I hate having my picture taken. <laughs> but no, at no point does any of this happen. What we get is we get a line from the spooky woman who says... No, they look at a bunch of pictures where the old lady's <laughs> in the background. This just photobombing. Old, this old lady ghost is like Vamping in the background. Vamped, vamping in the background of these childhood photos. And she's like... This is why you always hate to have your picture taken. It's like, okay, why not? I just can't stress how little they set any of this up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and then he, he comes back, um, and the day is saved. But the twist, surprise ending, is that the old woman possessed him after all, and he chokes and kills the spooky lady, and... The wife looks at a, a picture of uh, that that spooky lady took of him, and it's just the old scary woman, because she's fully enveloped him, and and it, that's the end of the movie. It's a it's an old woman like bride, because you're never too old to find love. That's right. Uh, and I just I guess I need to get into my main problem with this movie. Go into it. Um, and that's this movie is just. For the first 100 minutes, it's just poltergeist. See, I would have said paranormal activity because mostly what the ghosts like to do is open doors. <laughs> and close doors. And close doors. But in terms of the... So here's why I say poltergeist. Because I'm watching this movie, right? And it's coming out in 2010. Right. And it's this couple that is moving into this house. And the house is haunted. And it's this anxiety about, like, here's the read that I got from the movie. It's kind of like, okay, you know, the 2008 housing crisis just happened. And, like, the movie is kind of about this middle class anxiety about how this picture of this kind of, like, nuclear family and this nice, uh, like, suburban house is, like, being destroyed and it's under threat. And Because your husband is having an affair. Be... be <laughs> That's what I thought was coming was because yeah. the whole movie focuses on this the the whole first like two thirds of the movie focuses on the wife who is like beset by these visions of something bad happening and the dad is like totally uninterested and they're living with you know that their kids in a coma and she's like doing all of the the care and everything like that and there's literal lines that happen like um i was grading papers on it's pta (laughs) 
Well, and she says, like, I want things to be different in this house. Like, what happened in the last house? I thought that was going to, like, pay off. Like, did some... I thought... So he's always just been a deadbeat. I thought the, like, third act of this movie was going to be that she is the one that's, like, haunted. And the there was paranormal activity in the last house. And they moved to the new house. And they wanted things to be different. But... This stuff happened with her kid, and it's and it's spiraled, and now she's, you know, and now it's all about her. But she just disappears in the last third of this movie. Yeah, And it right. focuses on this guy who has, up to this point, done nothing and just been a deadbeat dad who we don't care about. I mean, we, we should say that I've seen this movie before, and you had not. So I think thinking that she was the one, like, invoking the spirits or whatever is an interesting take. I just thought that the last act was going to revolve around her and it her does, experiences she does seem like the main character absolutely because we don't see the dad at all and none of her stuff that gets set up in act one of the movie pays off in act three because while the dad is like going astral projecting she's just like sitting on the couch like holding his knee like come, come back, back to, to us, us honey <laughs> like she doesn't do anything and so i thought okay it's doing like a poltergeist which you know poltergeist is like famously about like this anxiety about the way that the sort of american suburb in the 80s was created and the kind of demons that that's that that's buried yeah. on yeah and you, so I thought, you moved the gravestones but you didn't move the graves right kind of thing. yeah and i thought okay this one is doing like post 2008 version of that where now the anxiety is like even this like cursed um, like american like iconic project is like rotting and we're like seeing that come to roost and there's this and families aren't going to be able to stick together and things like that but instead it just throws it all out for this crazy twist about astral projecting and the further and i was making like, it astral projecting is so funny i just don't understand like it, it definitely feels like they wanted like a crazy twist and, like, this is what they came up with. And it just wasn't... They didn't... It's bad filmmaking. It's they, not much of one. They didn't do the work to set up this twist. Like, if you wanted it to be about the dad, you need to spend more time with him and about how he's feeling about this process. And he needs to be having, like, weird half-remembered visions of being haunted by this old lady. And... Tell me he doesn't like having his picture taken. Yeah. <laughs> and we get none of that. So... So, something that made me laugh, though, while we're talking about the dad's yes. weird trauma, yes. is uh, <laughs> it made me laugh when the mom was talking about calling the psychic or whatever when he was a kid to try to, like, exercise his demons. She's like, you were having nightmares when you were eight years old, and I just told you to grow up. <laughs> I thought that was so hard. It's like, eight damn, mom. You just need to grow up. Grow up. And, like... You know, none of this is, like, set up in the first half. Like, there's nothing about, like, the the parents' relationship with their kids. Like, they have, like, a young baby that's crying all the time, and nothing happens with the baby or the other kids. Like, no. they're literally... You forget in, they have a baby. In one line, they are explained out of the rest of the movie, where, oh, yeah, some, so-and-so is looking after them. And then so-and-so shows up, and there's no mention of the kids anymore. For These the rest kids of the might movie. as well not exist. They might as well not exist. And so much in this movie is just explained away in dialogue as opposed to, like, set up. Like, the at the last, like, climax at the end of the movie, 
the ghosts start to like become physical and start to like terrorize the other people in the house as the dad is like finishing up his vision quest and that is explained in just one line by spooky grandma where she says like they're crossing over into our world and then they the ghosts show up and they, just they like they don't really do a lot though it's more like a party you didn't know was happening and people just keep showing up yeah I, they just show up and and like grin <laughs> scarily or whatever like there's these lines being dropped like very specifically in the movie like i feel the universe i feel like the universe is just trying to see how far i'll bend before i break i and think she should have an affair with the nurse I think she should do anything in the last part of this movie. Uh, but I have to say, Rose Byrne like, cannot carry the emotional weight of this movie as an actress. No, there are some pretty clunker lines in this, especially when you get to like the, the scared child acting at the end. Yeah, the, and Patrick Wilson is like designed in a lab to be a deadbeat <laughs> dad that you don't care about. I know. So it's really hard to like root for anyone in this movie. There's just not a lot of personality, I guess, outside of, like, the different ghosts. The I, different ghosts have, like, different personalities, I for sure. I think the but... personality mostly comes from the visuals, which yeah. I do think are legitimately good, like, throughout I, I the like, movie. I do like some of the visuals and the scares in this. Like, the one where um, they're having, like, their first consult with the psychic and, like, the demon just appears over her shoulder. I think that's a good one. Yeah. I, and I think, like, there's some cool like James Wan shots like this is we talked about paranormal activity this is like paranormal activity but shot and edited like saw (laughs) I guess so yeah and there are like some James Wan ass shots in this movie that Mm -hmm. I think are pretty good yeah and I guess let's get into some some production stuff about this that I found out so this movie is uh written and directed by James Wan and Lee Wanell aka the saw guys uh, they're Australian. Uh, they made um, Saw like right out of film school, basically. They saw that's a pretty good one, right out of film school. I gotta say. I-, I guess they saw the Blair Witch Project and were like, "We could do something like this as like our first movie," and so they made Saw. I don't, I don't see those two being connected at all. I think just in terms of a low budget kind of horror oh, right. thriller. In terms of budget, right. that would be true. And so they. Um, they made Saw, obviously, that was kind of, like, a big hit. Um, but James Wan was kind of having trouble getting work. Mm. Because Saw was seen as kind of, like, torture porny and really gory. So Insidious was, like, trying to be the movie that got him more, like, stuff to do in Hollywood. Sure. And it turns out, like, it worked. Like, in 2015, he directs uh, Furious 7. Uh, the Fast well, and the Furious that, movie. It's the Conjuring. So yes, which this is huge. This movie is very successful. Spawns a bunch of sequels, and he also starts up the Conjuring, which also does basically the same thing. Right. And then in 2015, he does Furious Seven, and then Aquaman in 2018. Yeah. So he's now just like a big Hollywood director. Um, and this movie, they filmed it in three weeks. Oh my god. With a budget of one and a half million, and they made a hundred million in the box office. Uh, and that's scarily close to the Saw numbers. Um, Saw was a $1.2 million budget, and they made $104 million in the box office. And that was also shot over just 18 days. So really close to the three weeks. I thought this would be a more expensive movie than that, when you say that. 
I mean, you say that, but there's basically two sets for the whole movie. There's the first house and there's the second house. And there's then some there's... VFX stuff going on, but I guess a lot of it is in the makeup yeah. and things. I think a lot of it is practical stuff. That's kind of neat, though. Um, Three it's... weeks, though. That's kind of crazy. It's even really close in length to Saw. Uh, this movie is 143 minutes and Saw is 140 minutes. So despite being like toned down in terms of like content, I think this is definitely James Wan trying to get back to kind of his Saw production magic. And I think it's like a success here. Um, Like we said, they go on to make The Conjuring in 2013, which is another successful franchise. This has like a billion sequels. This movie is also produced by Oren Pelly. And Jason Blum, uh, Jason Blum of Blumhouse Productions, and Oren Pelly, the director of Paranormal Activity. Uh, and Paranormal Activity, famously the movie that kind of launched Blumhouse. Yeah. So I think the it's Paranormal... It's funny because the intro to this movie does look like the Blumhouse logo. It totally bit. does. Uh, I-, I think this movie... I wonder if that's what it's riffing off of. I think this movie is definitely doing a Paranormal Activity in terms of a lot of the ghost oh, yeah. stuff. And... Um, yeah, just the kind of low-budget horror-like movie. Um, Paranormal Activity is way lower budget, though. They made that movie for, yes, like, they made a few th- thousand dollars. It was, like, a like a $200,000 movie, and they made, like, $200 million, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. So, um, Blair Witch Project, I think, is even less money and even bigger box office. So, everyone's been chasing Blair Witch Project, basically, but um, it's just been going down since then. Yeah. So I really like that though. I like when a uh, a limited budget kind of forces you to be more creative with like horror stuff. Yeah, I mean, we both like um, I think it's Robert Rodriguez movies. I'm gonna feel bad now. The director of Spy Kids two and Spy <laughs> Kids. <laughs> oh yeah, um, we're Spy Kids heads around here. Yeah, I think yeah, it's Robert. It, it is Robert Rodriguez. Excuse me. Uh, he likes to do like really low budget stuff and keep things low budget. And he talks about how like that really helps his creative process and gets him to solve problems creatively, which I think like James Wan has like some directorial misses after saw. And I think this is him trying to get back to that kind of low budget feeling and production of saw. See, I was trying to think of like which movie of his that I like the most. I want to ask you yours first. Um, I mean, we've seen Malignant. I like that one a lot. I think Malignant might be my favorite. Um, I haven't seen his, like, bigger movies, like, Furious 7 or Aquaman. I'm mostly talking horror movies. And I'm not really, like, a huge fan of Saw 1. So, yeah, I think I'd say Malignant. I think... I think I would also say Malignant. I just genuinely really enjoyed that one. Also really interesting, uh, one of his biggest, like, kind of commercial failures malignant basically really? was like 40 million and made about 40 million so he kind of broke even i think in between saw and this movie he did a little bit worse than that but malignant his like worst movie in recent memory in terms of box office but i think his best movie overall the public doesn't know shit <laughs> well i mean that that movie also is like pretty critically acclaimed too so i i know yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say the public doesn't know shit on this one they don't know shit <laughs> Um, I don't know. What were your, like, overall impressions on this movie? Well, I had seen it before. I mostly remembered it for the crazy final scenes where, like, all the ghosts are coming in. <laughs> and there's, like, a little newspaper boy running around. And it's like, 
what the hell just (laughs) what is going on in here it really i thought i wasn't gonna have like an hour's worth of content to talk about with this movie until we got to the third act and i'm like okay like because it's crazy yeah it's pretty nuts it's balls to the wall i liked it but i think watching it with kind of a critical eye and trying to think about like what i had to say about it and what the movie has to say really hurt it in my estimation because i think i would have normally watched this movie and just been like kind of bored for a little while and then been like oh that was a crazy third act this movie is like pretty good and then kind of closed it at that Mm -hmm. but i think having to think about the way that like none of the themes are like set up or paid off properly kind of hurts it for me i think it's just kind of bad movie making a little bit yeah, I mean, it definitely doesn't earn a lot of the exposition that it wants to do, for sure. I think there are little things they could have done to, like, plant the seeds of those to pay off later. Beyond just, like, having their family be dysfunctional and having the wife put so much energy into kids that aren't going to be here later. They're just not in the movie. The kids and the wife just aren't in the last bit of the movie. And it's just... The people that I care about that they've invested time in in the first half don't have a payoff in the back end of the movie. You're like, fuck them kids. Yeah, kind of. I mean, there's there's a lot of weird stuff in this movie. The twist that I thought was coming is in the like final scene where they're like trying to get the kid back to the house. The dad like briefly abandons the son to like confront the spooky grandma that's been haunting him. And the son gets, like, taken by the devil Darth Maul man. Yeah, you kind of think it's going to be him. I kind of think it's going to be, like, oh, the twist is going to be, like, they did it, but the kid is still possessed. And, like, the kid has, like, one crazy final thing where he tries to, like, kill somebody or something. But no, it's, like, what they textually show me on screen is the dad, like, defeating the grandma ghost. And then the twist is that, oh, she actually possessed him. No, I'm confronting is very generous, I think. He, he says, does just he does just stare at her in a beer and say like, "Get out of my life! <laughs> get out! Get out! Get out! I'm not afraid of you anymore. I'm not afraid of you anymore. You hear that? I'm not afraid of you anymore. Like home alone. <laughs> it's it's incredible. Um but I mean visually like what you see on the screen is her like drifting away and being like like, he's driving her off, and he, like, comes back into his body, and then they just, like, show the kid being, like, savaged by the demon <laughs> for a second, and then, like, cuts off screen, and he's fine now. Um, and it's it's just really confusing. Um, well, if you know Grandma, it's gonna take a lot more than that. <laughs> there's, like, multiple spooky grandmas in this movie. There's, like, spooky real grandma, and there's spooky ghost grandma. And then there's spooky kind of grandmas. There's, yes. That's right. Yeah, I I don't know what else to say about this movie. I thought it was fine. I thought... Overall, like, it's pretty fine. Like I think you can... It's like a PG-13. You could show this to, like, your teenage cousins or whatever, and it'd be fine. Yeah, it would be fine. Um, Very typical, like, ghost movie. I would say. I think if anything, I'm a little frustrated by what I thought this movie was going to be, which was like just a haunted house movie with like some themes about kind of the American middle class. And then it just like chased this twist that like 
didn't even pay that off. I feel like a broken record at this point, but it really is everything I have to say about this movie. Besides, See, that, that was your first mistake. You wanted themes. <laughs> I wanted themes, and I didn't get them. I mean, I just... I don't know if it's... You wanted a PG-13 movie to say something, and that was your first mistake. <sighs> I just wanted, like, there to be things that... I just wanted it to be, like, coherent from beginning to end. And instead, I got, like, a kind of boring normal like totally serviceable horror movie for about 100 minutes and then 30 minutes of just like wacky shit you can compare it to the conjuring pretty easily yeah so i mean the conjuring is also by james Wan. it has the same uh lead actor i would say i like that one a little bit more i think i like that one more because i think that movie is a lot more consistent i like Um, the scares in it more also yeah i would agree with that i think like um religion as a topic in that movie is a little bit more interesting than like just like american homeownership but yeah the one, the one true religion homeownership <laughs> in america that's very true he does say at one point to the wife in this movie like when was the last time you went to church and like because I... it's because she calls a priest when she sees the little ghost boy not doing anything. Well, and I thought that would go somewhere where they would talk about church or the devil or God ever again, and they just don't. That's just it. It's it's highly implied to be kind of a Christian ghost story because, like, the main enemy is kind of just... The devil. The devil. Yeah, I mean, we talked about him being, like, a Darth Maul guy. He's just, like, all black with, like, a painted red face... And he is like, and he's got like a tail and like cloven hooves and a forked tongue. It's like it's yeah. like a cartoon Satan. It, like it, I said. Yeah, exactly. Um, he just needs like a pitchfork and little horns. Do we want to rate this movie? I would love to rate this movie. Okay, then we should get into our rating scale. We do have to describe the rating scale. It's very specific. It's very tailored to us, I believe. It, it's but important. We we've tested it. And it's a true scale. We tested it with two movies, and it was accurate. It w- it was very true to what I feel about <laughs> this movie, so I think it's a good scale. All right, so we have three categories that we're rating on a scale of one to five, uh, and that are those categories are spookiness, watchability, and the Vincent Price vamp rating. Do we do we need to elaborate <laughs> on those? So, we, we also have a secret. Well, we also have a we'll a get secret, into that one. A secret fourth uh, additional thing that we'll get into if applicable. I think it's applicable. So, okay, on spookiness. So, spookiness is how good are the scares? How scared were you while watching this movie? Um, I also think a little bit like how well visually is it set up as like a horror movie, as like a scary movie. What would you give this on like a spookiness rating? Also, like the general scary vibes. I think personally, I actually really, I think this is the best aspect of this movie. I think the spookiness, the vibe it creates, kind of the visual elements. It's more of a jump scare movie than like an atmospheric movie. But I still think I would give it around a four for like some good spooky vibes. I think, I think I'm the opposite. Really? I think watching this movie, I just failed to be scared. I was not scared at like any point because all of the scares are like, 
very like setup punchline scares. Yeah, that's true. I, I didn't find myself right re- reacting to the jump scares necessarily because that doesn't really work on me anymore, and I can see them coming. But I think that I think what it builds up and like the designs themselves are pretty good. I think the like I I would give it I would give it honestly like a two. And I think the two for spookiness is just on the back of, like, the scary designs and stuff that they do. Yeah. I don't think they do a good enough job selling the scares in an earnest way. I think it comes off a little more goofy for me. Yeah, I think the I think the good, like, build-up, small atmospheric stuff for me is in the first half. I think the latter half, it's just, it's too goofy to yeah. be scary. Um, so now we get into watchability. This is, like... Was the movie boring? Um, does the movie look good visually? Um, are the vibes alright? Uh, would we watch the movie again sort of thing? How, what would you give this on watchability? I think I would give it more of a three. Because it it's not that long. And no. it can keep your attention pretty easily. But that first half is just... It drags on. The first half does drag. I feel like we easily could have cut out the sequence where they are like change houses and just had the paranormal investigators show up at the first house and do the whole bit. We didn't talk about the paranormal investigators, by the way. You mean the guy that walks in with a hot pocket, assuming that he heated up the hot pocket and he brought it with him. And then drove it to the house and began eating it. Yeah. That Um, takes effort to travel with a hot pocket um, yeah so when they initially called the paranormal investigators like before spooky grandma shows up these two guys in like white button downs and black ties show up looking like the goofiest two dudes you've ever seen and they're kind of there as like the again this is just this is just like poltergeist this is just like when they call in like exactly like these are just like the last act kind of comic relief paranormal investigator type guys and they're like funny and i think they should kiss but they don't uh, really do anything either they don't really do anything but watchability sorry you gave watchability a three yeah i'll give it a three give it a three it's okay i think watchability for me i think some of the points that i took away in spookiness i want to give back in watchability here right because i do think the movie's pretty watchable um you know it's it's a little bit too long um but not too bad i think the vibes are kind of mid but some of the scares are good the costume design is good and i think visually james Wan does a great job i think there's a lot of shots that look great and a lot of like visuals that are pretty good so i would give it with that i would give it like a four for watchability okay plus i think the last act and other bits of the movie are just funny. They are really funny. And I think that that carries the watchability rating a little bit for me. It helps, yeah. Uh, all right, final category, the Vincent Price vamp rating. Uh, do we want to explain what this category is? Definitely. Can it be explained? I think I think you can get a lot out of the name, but also we should probably explain. So the Vincent Price vamp rating is kind of like the vibe check rating it's kind of the like is the movie does it have like charisma um does the movie like make you does it grab your attention how many guys 
laughing with a cape while lightning strikes yeah would you give this movie? uh it's kind of like also a campiness rating yeah yeah absolutely um and i think this movie is like a tale of two vincent price vamp ratings for me <laughs> i know i'm so torn with the first half being like a one and the last half being like a five which leaves me like completely unable to rate this movie because up until the, like, astral projection sequence, there's just, like, no vamp in this movie at all. It's the most milk toast family ghost story you could imagine. But then you've got spooky grandma in the back vaping and <laughs> giving her all. I'm like, that's a vamp right there. And then you yeah. got, like, a, a weird Satan, a weird gay Satan weird listening gay... to Tiny Tim. Yeah. Weird... That's pretty vamp. The Tiny Tim, like, carnival music every time Satan is on screen is extremely vamp. I know! That gives it so many points. And there's, like, really funny scenes where the dad is getting like thrown across the house or he's just like sitting in a chair astral projecting and just like shaking violently and it's so funny um i don't know what would you give it (laughs) maybe maybe a 3.5 i think that tips it over a little bit but i can't forget that it just starts as a family moving into a house (laughs) (laughs) it does just do that uh i'm gonna i'm just mm, I'll give it, I'll give it a, God, 3.5 is the correct rating, but I refuse to give half scores. That's your problem. It is my problem. I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna dock half a point because... You're contrarian. Well, that's true. Uh, I think I'm gonna dock half a point for just like the movie being a little by the numbers up until the last act, which... Kind of throws it out the window. Uh-huh. And also, like, no characters that I love in this movie. No, there are no characters. Nobody is, like, giving a good performance in no. this movie at all. <laughs> so I think I, I think it can't get higher than a three for me on that basis. Um, Do we have secret points to award to this movie? I think so. All right, let's... I, I can't say that they'll be high, but... All right, so our last secret category... <laughs> is bonus fuckability points which we award on an as deserved basis for like humanoid monsters we have fuckability points so what are the monsters that you want to like slide into their dms in this movie honestly none of them (laughs) okay well (laughs) i think we need to mention the rating for this though because like you could justify the gay satan I think Gay Satan gets 0.5 bonus points but for fuckability. He's just a little twink. I mean, what he, do you do with that? I mean, he's not my type. No, he's not my type. That's but the point. That is the point of the, of the rating. I'm just giving it a bonus 0.5 for having something, for I, having anything fuckable in the whole movie. Let, let's do 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5 bonus, bonus for Gay Satan. I, I think we, we had to bring it up. Um, that leaves your composite score at an 11 out of a possible 15, and mine as a 9.5 out of 15. Out of 20 for fuckability. Fuckability is bonus. You can't it's say, bonus out, of, points. You can't say okay. out of 20. Okay. We're still establishing these rules. We are. Uh, so 11 points for Opal, and I'm on a 9.5. Um, Technically... It's a movie. Technically a movie. We both gave it 
above 50%. It's a movie. It's a movie. You can sit down and just watch this movie. It's not too bad. No. It doesn't have any, like, heavy subject matter in it besides maybe the kid in, like, a fake coma might make some people sad. But honestly, it's it's as vanilla as vanilla can be. Yeah, I think I'd, I think I'd agree with that. Yeah. Uh, it It's very telling that, like, this is the like normal James Wan movie that he made so that he could go do like Marvel movies. Exactly. It it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Is it time? Yeah. So since we're doing this podcast, we're going to need, more movies to watch. Right. So. And we've devised a method of selecting the next movie. We have a special way to pick our next movie. Bring me the movie sack. <sighs> movie sack. So, Opal, you're the keeper of the sack. Yeah, I put, I put 12 movies on little slips of paper inside this sack. If you want to. Give it a shake. Be careful. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to select at random, without looking, one of the movies from this sack, and that will be the movie for next week. Yeah. Are we ready? Rip into the sack. All right. Okay, I've selected the movie. You're being so extra. I just want to make sure that people know this is a literal real sack that we have. <laughs> not a fake sack. Not not fake, real. I've selected the movie. Yeah. I, I will take the sack back into the dungeon. I return the sack to you. Thank you. Next week, we'll be watching The Grudge. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, is that uh, the American adaptation? or are we Yes, watching... it is the one called The Grudge. And that's, what, 2001? Three. 2003-ish? Ish. I won't, I won't Google it because that's a death podcast, but I'm Googling it. Uh, 2004. Yep. And, Because uh, we, we saw the first one recently. We have seen uh, Juwan recently, but I'm excited to get into The Grudge. This is one we've both seen. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be fun. Uh... Prediction, better or worse overall rating than this movie? I think I'll like it better. Okay. All right. I think I'll also like it better. We'll see. We'll see how we feel because neither of us have probably seen it in a while. I only need to give it a 10 out of a possible 15 points to like it more than this movie. I think I can get to 10. All right. Well, I guess we'll see you next week how we feel about it. I guess. Um, I think that's all we have. Yeah, I think that's it for our like first episode. That's a podcast. I guess that's a uh, podcast. Uh, I guess. Do we want to say if people want to like follow us on the internet anywhere? Where can well, they we find don't, us? We don't have a podcast Twitter yet. We don't have a podcast. We will have a podcast Twitter. Uh, we'll make sure that that's in the episode description somewhere. Yeah, we'll make one. We'll we'll probably make one and tweet about this. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me at putrid underscore imp on Twitter. And I'm Milky Cross on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, look out for the podcast Twitter. We'll try and get this uh, put up in the next couple of days and hosted yeah. and everything. 
I gotta make a I gotta make a cover for it too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the, <laughs> my, how I express myself. Yeah, artistically. Yeah. Um, but I think that's it. I don't have a sign off. We don't have a sign off. We don't have a sign off. So um, it is what it is. You have to accept it. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>